Holy crap. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Austin with FTM Alerts, and welcome to episode number 12 of Phantom Unchained. Double Sharp joining us right now. With always my wonderful co-host, $24, Double Sharp, and Beavis is hopefully just out getting a coffee. We don't know where the hell Beavis is, but I assume he's going to be here very soon. What's up, gentlemen? Double Sharp, you look like you just robbed a bank, man. What's going on? There he is, man. I know everyone in New York is worried about COVID, aren't they? Oh, my God. All right. Yo, we got a lot going on here. I cannot wait to dive into these topics today. Uh, First things first, let's take a look at a quick phantom chart just because the Pumpa is Phantom Pump! Yeah, oh, man. Come on. Don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) So uh, you can see on the daily, we bounced almost perfectly off the 99-period exponential moving average. We created a higher low, and we are toying with, uh, well, some pretty serious resistance here around 250, 254. Um, But if you look at the weekly, we have got some bullish momentum going here and hopefully hopefully we can uh like if this closes bullish within this candle i would say i would say it's go time so all right no need to no need to spend too much time on that we all know phantoms going up but one thing i do want to mention man ah man it's so weird right everyone just seems to hate each other they're ready to like you know ah, i'm gonna go out and you know kick grandmas who are trying to cross the street, right? It's it's everyone's fault. And then all of a sudden price goes up and everyone wants to hold hands and sing Kumbaya again. And I don't understand it. What the hell, guys? Did you guys experience what was going on the other day? I did, yeah. I think, I mean, it's standard. And to your point, I don't know why people are so... I mean, I guess it, it does make sense. People get really emotional about things and want to you know, attribute it to something and it's easy to kind of put it on people or try and associate it with something. And if you think about it rationally, it's, you know, it's just, it is what it is. And like attacking people isn't going to make it better. It usually makes it worse. It's, I always, I mean, everyone should get along, work together. It's actually almost more important when things aren't going well to maintain positive attitudes and, you know, help each other out because that's how you get back. So that's my take on it. I think it kind of was always here, but I feel like as fandom mm. gets bigger and bigger and there's more users, there's just going to be certain stuff amplified and as everything goes through its cycles, you know, the euphoria, everyone's going crazy. You get a lot of that. And then, you know, on the downturn, you hear the one marketing, uh, you hear a bunch of this, <laughs> the funny <laughs> stuff. And, and, and I just want to say like, Price action is not, don't attribute that to marketing. Price goes up doesn't mean better marketing. Price goes down, bad marketing. Like this is, it's just an interesting sort of take. I just feel like everyone should just take a chill. Um, if you feel really salty, you're probably not, uh, like you're, you have too much risk in a position or as uh, Hard Rock Nick says, you have overinvested by a lot. So <laughs> just think about what you're doing and less of everyone else. You know what I mean? Yo, we got to get Hard Rock Nick on the show, man. I, I think I think he would be a good guest. All right, so this is actually our first topic, phantom marketing. Let's put this shit to rest because I have thoughts, and I'm going to share those thoughts with you guys right now. And if these thoughts offend anyone, you're probably the ones I'm talking about, okay? So uh, <laughs> first and foremost, we, we probably all saw that Twitter post the other day where somebody puts up a poll going, oh, should, you know, the marketing department sucks at, at Phantom and we got to replace Simone and we got to replace Mike Kong and put Andre in the position and all of this shit, right? Absolute garbage. I need to clarify a few things. So one thing that should be clarified that, that is obvious to anyone that's looking at, at a couple of different charts, right? Is that, so cryptocurrency for the most part is not getting a shitload of new money pumped into it, especially when Bitcoin is having a correction, right? New money comes in when when it's shooting up and all the news stations want to jump in on the hype. That's what happens. So when you see one cryptocurrency pumping, that money has to come from somewhere else, right? Because it's coming from within, within the ecosystem. So if you look at the AVAX chart and you look at the Phantom chart, you will notice they are working in an inverse direction. So what does that mean? The other day when AVAX was pumping, it didn't mean they had better marketing, right? And Phantom was going down. Now today, Phantom is going up. And does anyone want to guess what's happening to Avalanche? 
the price is going down and it has nothing to do with marketing whatsoever. When I saw that post on Twitter, like I had to put my phone down and breathe a few times. There's not too many things that just really piss me off. But here's here's what pisses me off more than anything else. So I get what it's like to, you know, buy into a position and watch your numbers on a screen go down. I get it. I've been in the space for years. I've watched it happen a billion times. But what pisses me off more than anything else is when people want to hold strong to that position that no, 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 the marketing is fucked up. It has nothing to do with price. And here's my call to you. If that's true and I'm wrong, have some balls and say the same thing in the middle of a bull run when we're kicking all time high and prove to me that I'm incorrect in my theory. Because the bottom line is, if you're going to put frame yourself up as some sort of an influencer, right? And I honestly don't know the dude that was uh, putting the poll up. He shows like 15,000 followers, but he doesn't seem to get a lot of activity on his posts. So I don't know where they came from. Um, but if you want to frame yourself up as somebody who knows what's going on in this industry, know what's going on in yourself first, right? Understand that these when marketing posts and the shit that just kind of permeates to the newbies, it only happens when price is down, right? And it's because yeah. you were looking at the AVAX chart going, why is AVAX pumping and we're not, right? It's like, it's like the fat guy that moves to an island full of sumo wrestlers. He becomes the skinny guy. It's all about how we're viewing our environment, man. So let's get real with ourselves. Let's, let's, honestly get with it. And so as, as somebody who has met the guys from the Phantom Foundation, spent time with them, picked their brain, and Simone is the one that I work with the most closely. He and I talk every single day. We're going back and forth. These are excellent people who are very, very, very good at their job, right? So before you go spouting off at the mouth, Take a little time and understand that 95% of what's going on in the background, you have no clue about. It's happening. We've gone 300x in the last year. Take a pill. All right, rant over. I'm done. Well, I want to add to the rant for a second, which okay. is that I think people forget on Twitter and other places that the person they're complaining to is a real person and not an entity on Twitter. And you're just attacking somebody for being terrible at their job when uh, to your point, you actually have probably no idea what their job entails on a day-to-day -day basis and, you know, attacking people and, you know, saying that you want to replace a CMO and CEO with a developer is not one. It's just dumb. I'm a developer. I don't want to do marketing because I'm probably not going to be that good at it. Uh, it's just, it just, it comes across as like really childish to me because you're just, you know, showing your emotions instead of considering like how this is going to affect other people. There's other people on the internet reading this and like, is your intent really to be like, I support Phantom and everything about it is terrible. And you're like, that just, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I think it's important to keep in mind that like, sort of what I was saying earlier, like be a little bit more positive. There's constructive criticism and then there's non-constructive criticism. A lot of what I've seen or some of what I've seen in the last few days hasn't been that constructive. And like just putting up a Twitter poll about replacing people doing marketing with developers, regardless of who you're talking about, doesn't make any sense to me. And then I also happen to know that people are doing what I think is a good job and working really hard. And I just, it's totally unfounded to me. And I think it's, it would help people to remember that they're, you know, you're working with other people who are all trying to work towards the same goal. And if you work together, you're going to get there a lot more quickly. Boom. Rant over. <clears throat> over. 24. You got a rant? Not really, but I, I want to talk about Simone. I want to say that he's doing a great job. Because, like, when you think about marketing, I feel like people want that in-your-face, CRO.com, ads everywhere. You know, your normie friends know about it. I know some other chains have been doing that. But think about how what Phantom has done. It's kind of been organic. It's not – that's not what Phantom is. And for you to just switch it just because – or switch the sort of marketing or just kind of want Phantom Foundation to change what they're doing just because of a 40% price correction after 10x, you might need to just like chill because that's just what markets do. Don't – marketing, price action, just separate those two because <clears throat> honestly, I think they're doing a great job and I think – if you think there should be marketing done, you can kind of step out of your own shell. I saw one of the comments that you put up. You are the marketing for Phantom, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's word of mouth. It's organic people. You don't you don't want people to buy into the network 
because you advertise to them. You want people to actually stick. And that's mm-hmm. a, an issue I see with these L1s is there's just a rush of frenzy, but not enough people sticking. One thing I want to uh, mention to you people as a metric, look at the transactions on Phantom. Uh, daily transaction. It's been a steady, steady number and it's stable. It doesn't go with a flurry. Like it's still, I, I think AVAX is just reaching these transaction numbers. So what I want you guys to understand is look at it more long-term. Stop being short-term unless you plan to exit your whole position, sell everything if you're short-term. You just, you're not doing that. So just take a breath, stop whining for marketing. And, just and if marketing you know, doesn't work on a week by week day-by-day basis either this is like you're putting in plans to see growth over the next month several months year years sometimes there's these are sort of the same thing i've said in you know previous times about paying attention to daily price action same thing with marketing i do think to some extent marketing does affect the uh, price of something over a longer period of time like if they were doing a really terrible job we wouldn't have seen you know what's happened to phantom over the last year. And so if you're looking at it at like today, you're ignoring what's happened over the last year. And that's that's like the long-term plan is really the important plan to me. Well, and here's what people need to get, right? So all right, <clears throat> Simone could be out there putting banners up, writing articles for Cointelegraph, all this cool shit. And they might bring in a couple hundred people to the Phantom ecosystem, right? Have a really unique and cool ass project launch on Phantom, and that's going to bring thousands overnight, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not about just shotgunning a bunch of bullets and seeing what sticks. It's about getting real direct with what marketing is actually effective, where should we put our efforts? And that's what they're doing. They're putting their efforts where their efforts will be the best received. And I want to I want to talk about a couple of comments real quick. So uh, Tim Smith says, I don't know who this Andre guy is, but he's clearly not a fan of Phantom. I love you, Tim. This might be the comment of the day. I don't know if you're being serious here, but Andre, so Andre Crony is, uh, I would refer to him as essentially one of the creators of DeFi as we know it today. Um, but even more importantly, he is one of the creators of Phantom, as you know it today. He's been the brain behind the Lachesis protocol, uh, the consensus mechanism that we use, and a whole ton of stuff. So Andre loves Phantom. Um, and a- another one that I absolutely have to grab is, what do you think about Andre's tweet about Polygon having the best marketing? He kind of incited this. Well, again, nothing Andre says pretty much ever is not sarcastic. I mean, the dude, <laughs> the dude is just absolutely as sarcastic as any human being you've ever met. And he had a huge Twitter war with Polygon. You're muted, uh, Double Sharp. No, I was uh, just whispering. Oh, okay. I, I, I will challenge him on this most sarcastic. Thing. It could be. Somebody just said that my hoodie looks like AVAX. Don't worry, it's Adidas. I, I laughed so hard at that. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. But, uh, so uh, he was actually probably just poking the bear because Andre and the founders of Polygon have had major Twitter wars. And uh, I assume that was not a serious comment. Okay, let's keep it going. So uh, Phantom doesn't do enough marketing when marketing, but we will be having an AMA with the foundation December 6th. Uh, It's going to be 10 a.m. Eastern time, which is 3 p.m. UTC for all of you UTC readers. Um, We have a channel open in the FTM Alerts Discord. Submit your questions. There's no time limit on how long we're going to go. It's really up to the the Phantom guys as to how long they want to answer questions. But I will grab the best questions uh, that I can possibly find out of that list, and we will get them answered for you guys. yeah, and hopefully, hopefully we can do this on a more regular basis. I mean, if if we want to do a monthly shoot the shit roundtable of what happened in the last thirty days, I mean, I'm open to that, and I'm sure they're open to that as well. All right, let's keep it going. Beethoven has been voted in as the first balancer friendly fork. Did you guys see this? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty. Sick. So I've been in contact with you know the Beethoven guys since they launched. Uh, Daniel and I chat pretty regularly. And so Balancer kind of like showed up on their scene uh, very soon after they launched and they kind of went into talks with them. Right. And this was not an idea that this was like an idea that Balancer had just kind of come up with like, hmm, you guys were able to fork us on uh, another chain. Maybe we should find a way to collaborate with you guys instead of just, you know, putting Balancer on new chains because we don't have the manpower to do it. And so this went to community vote. Uh, It got voted in something like 450,000 balancer tokens uh, to like five 
that voted no. Huge deal, man. Huge deal. I, I just, I'm a huge Beethoven fan. Do you guys have any thoughts on this? I mean, my thoughts are just, I like seeing people work together. It also is encouraging to see, I mean, there's a ton of forks of, of lots of projects and, you know, part of what I've done on Phantom is like, look into some of the forks and see how legit they are. And are they actually forks or have they been modified to do something funny? Um, and so it's like, I think it's encouraging one because it just gives, you know, users reassurance that this is like a legit project and not only is it legit, but they're, you know, friendly with, with the, the, uh, you know, the other side that they're, um, they've forked and it's it like, I also, I'm a fan of, you know, multi, I like phantom, but I also think it's cool to see uh, a lot of the multi-chain stuff and bridging. So I think it's, it's cool to see, um, you know, cross network, uh, collaboration and, and, you know, see, you know, it's just, it's good overall for security for all sorts of stuff. So I think it'll lead to lots of innovation and I'm a big fan. I love it. I love it. Boulder Bob has a comment over here that I think should be addressed. <clears throat> Where the hell is it? Doopy doop doop doo. There it is. So can somebody explain Beethoven to me? I don't really get it. So I'll give you my layman's version and then I'll bet uh double sharp. I wish Beavis was here, man. Beavis would take take a half hour and give us the very technical explanation. But at its core, Beethoven is a, is a decentralized exchange. I mean, that's pretty much all that it is. But the balancer protocol gives us some really neat things that you can do. Whereas a traditional pool on, you know, Uniswap is it has to be 50% of each asset. Uh, balancer allows you to create pools that have different weightings, like 80/20 or 90/10, which is huge. What they also allow you to do is when you enter a pool, you can enter or exit a pool with just a single asset. So really, all that means is if you want to enter a like an 80/20 beats pool with you know, 500 phantom, what it's going to do is it's you put the phantom in, it's going to sell 80% of that into beats and it's going to create an LP for you in a single token or in a single transaction, right? So those are a couple of the things. They also have some really innovative ways of uh, getting you the best rates on trades and things like that. Double Sharp, do you have any, any input on that? I mean, the only, I think I'm sort of uh, channeling Beavis a little bit, but I think one of the things that he's always advocating for is, you know, being able to pick the assets that, that you want to support and create your own pools so that you're not necessarily exposed to any one thing. It kind of lets you balance your risk a little bit, figure out what you want to be involved with. And, uh, you know, I think he was mentioning this last week, but it's, when you do something like that, it also is a little bit more set it and forget it. You don't necessarily have to pay attention as much because you are spread across, you know, different assets instead of just being focused on one. So it lets you get a little bit. What I think is cool is it lets you choose your own adventure a little bit and, you know, sort of figure out what you want to be involved with. You guys remember those books, man? The choose your own adventure books? Ah, maybe you just dated. You're, you're my age. But I'm 24 what a page young. 78. Oh, you know that one. Okay. There. Okay. <laughs> Yo, I, I, I'm, I'm 26, guys. I'm not that young, you know? Well, <laughs> oh. you were, yeah, I mean, I got 12 years on you, dude. So no you were in first grade when I was graduating. All right. Let's keep this going. We got some cool stuff to talk about today. So uh, I saw a graphic that said Phantom consumes 11 million times less energy than Ethereum. And I believe what it said was over the course of a year, it consumes less than one household in the United States. Is that correct? Did I read that right? Do you guys know the graphic I'm talking about? Simone put it out. I, I saw it tweeted a couple of times, I think. I don't know about the, the one household aspect. And I think, you know, that probably depends on the household you're talking about. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, I mean, that's, this is the huge, one huge difference. You know, there's a lot of philosophical things that you can get into with this, but that's one of the big differences of proof of stake and proof of work. Fundamentally, they sort of, in a, in a weird way, operate under the same principle. You have to, like energy is a resource and, you know, funding is a resource. And so you're either committing uh, this, you know, through proof of work, you're burning a lot of electricity to calculate these hashes that aren't really used for anything other than, uh, you know, this one thing. So it's not, you're not like doing protein folding at the same time and like solving, you know, cancer or something like that. Whereas proof of stake, you're not, you're not doing all this unnecessary work. You are relying on some different economic principles, but the result is that you do end up with a much more eco-friendly uh, network. It's there's a lot of different. You know, it has to be done. 
correctly. And that's part of what we were talking about last week with changing the staking requirements also, because you are relying on that, the, the proof of stake to secure the network. But the, the end result is that it is a lot more efficient. You're using a computer instead of ASICs that are, you know, custom made to just do this one thing. So I, I personally am a fan of it. I, I definitely think there's value in proof of work also. And, um, you know, doing EVM proof of work stuff is, is cool too. And that's also part of the reason why I like multi-chain, but in Phantom's case, like it is, you know, much more efficient. The thing that was actually more surprising to me was that, that Phantom is more efficient than the Visa network, which when I think about it does sort of make sense because, um, just given the, you know, some of my knowledge of how traditional server farms are set up and things like that, you're, you actually don't need that level of, um, you know, network capacity because it's a different kind of network. So I thought it was really interesting. And that's one of the things I like about Phantom. <laughs> so why the reason that I wanted to put this in there, and I think this is, you know, kind of important, but so the world, I'm not a news watcher. I deleted Facebook off my phone a while back. I don't, I just don't want to get like injected with uh, the narratives that people want to feed. Right. And whether it's right or wrong, I, I don't want to get into that debate, but I do want to tell you that the almost worldwide narrative right now is the green narrative, right? That this has got to be going on. And whether Elon believes in this or whether his public image must believe in this or else be shunned by the people that will shun you, right? I don't know. Uh, but I'm glad that Phantom has picked up that this is a narrative that's playing in the real world that normies seem to care about. And they need to they need to go down this rabbit hole because that is a huge feather in the cap of the Phantom Foundation and, and the network as a whole, I think. So D depends on what you care more about, decentralization or uh I guess the energy sort of stuff. Um and I think normies care more about energy. Um because uh I've been seeing some some interesting like thought processes from the general public about how NFTs burn down trees. And it's just interesting to see all the stuff um, just because like it's it's such an easy way for somebody to FUD crypto. Yeah, well, it's not magic internet money. Now it's burning down trees. So, um, <laughs> you know Dude, the NFT stole my car last night, bro. I mean, they're really just... <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Um, but uh, I just like... There's there's many different sectors of power and, and Ethereum or proof of work networks. They don't they're not they're not burning down trees, but they do they do use 11 million more power than Phantom does. So it's you know it's uh, 11 million more times was it? I'm not sure, but uh, 11, it's still a lot. 11 million times the amount. Yeah, of that's yeah, that's insane. So um, definitely use Phantom for sure. Well, this, this is where I, I that's why I mentioned multi-chain because I think that was sort of what I was alluding to is you do have the decentralization aspects uh, on proof of work chains. That is one of the things you're sacrificing a little bit with proof of stake, although you, I think that we're working towards a lot more decentralization relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's what's cool about some of the multi-chain bridging and stuff. If, if what you're looking for is proof of work, you know, l1 security with decentralization and some of the negative stuff that comes along with that too then you can bridge to do that and if what you want is like super fast and uh cheap and all that stuff then you have phantom as an option and i think i think you know most most users actually prefer you know the the little bit of a compromise of having something that's a lot more performant and a lot more usable and it's not when I say, you know, less security, it's all relative. It's not that Phantom is insecure in any way. It's just a different a different way of securing the network. Yeah. Boom. I love it. So I had all right. So I had a bunch of cool calls this week and I'll share some of them with you guys. But one call that I really liked was with uh, an organization called Moda Dow. And essentially what they've been working uh, on this project since, I guess, 2018. And they were initially going to deploy on EOS. And uh, and then, well, we all know how that went. So they were like, oh, shit, we're not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to waste any more time build on this network. So uh, they jump ship. But essentially, here's what here's what they want to do. They want to take uh, the music industry and they're already working with uh, like Deadmau5, Deadmau5, however you pronounce his name. Uh, he mentioned Snoop. Uh, they have some. Uh, some artists that are already willing to work with them. And essentially what they want to do is they want to allow them to release new music in the form of NFTs. And what they were explaining to me is that the music industry would love to be able to do this, 
but the barrier to entry between the normal music buyer and what it takes to uh, store an NFT has been pretty major, right? And so yeah. what they're trying to do, I think they've already done it, is they're creating an app that's going to be very similar to Spotify, but what it's going to do is it's going to hold your NFTs, your musical NFTs. And if you want to, you want to take them off to your own MetaMask or whatever, you're free to do that. Um, but you can essentially play music uh, from the NFTs that, I don't know, that Snoop might drop or whatever. And then, you know, I don't know, he was kind of explained to me a lot of the different details, but it sounded really, really cool. I'm really excited to have these guys. They're not just on Phantom. They're going to be, you know, multi-chain with Polygon and a bunch of others. But I'm going to be doing an AMA with these guys in the coming weeks. And I think they're going to be freaking awesome. Have you guys heard about this? I have. I don't know that much about them. I've heard the name before. And um, I can't go into some details about this. But, you know, NFTs and music have been coming up more often. And in some of the conversations, people are like, so if we did this, like, how would the metadata look? And we were like, oh, there's not really, like, no one's really done a lot of that. Like, there's there's a lot of new stuff coming that, you know, current NFT, the, the way that, like, the standards are set up just don't really take into account things like uh, video and, and music and in the same way that they do art and some of the game tokens and things like that. So I think it's really cool that you're starting to see people and, you know, I... In hindsight, I, I did hear about them a while ago, so I know they have been working on this for a while, but it's I think we're actually at a tipping point where you're starting to see people actually implement some of this stuff. And it's going to be cool because this is the, the thing that everyone talked about 10 years ago about like, it'll be great. Like you'll unlock the car and the royalties will go here and there. But like that didn't actually happen until very recently. And so we're actually starting to see that now. And I know that I know a lot of artists are very excited about it too. Uh I'm not sure about Moda, but I'm starting to see, I guess, NFTs get really picked up by artists, musicians. I don't know how many of you guys are on Twitter and you see, oh, this guy has a Bored Ape as his uh, profile picture. And you're like, what the heck? Why is little baby got it? You know what I mean? <laughs> you're looking at all these artists. You're like, wow, Snoop Dogg's been running this anonymous like NFT account for a while, which he's made money on. Um, so it's just they're, they're all... The, the term one of us. They're just basically one of us buying NFTs. And I feel like maybe a year ago you couldn't pull this off. Mm -hmm. But now, yeah, I feel like it's it's actually getting adopted. So I mean, and that, that is why I, I mean, I've been sort of I know a lot of people in crypto and I've worked in it on and off for a long time. And that was part of like this this spring when I kind of came to Phantom and started doing development on it. It was that was part of the decision is like all of this stuff that people talked about, you're actually able to do and Phantom's a really good network to do it on. I'm, as a developer, more interested in, I think Bebus was even saying this too. It's like, oh, I can actually do the things that I want to do and like I can get creative. And so now's a really good time to be able to do that. I I, I've seen the potential for a long time. It was just, it was kind of tough to get over the hump of something usable. And now you're seeing it be usable and all of a sudden artists and celebrities and normal people and grandmas and everybody wants to get in now that's right that's right all right moving on moving on so this infrastructure bill this was like this was major going around twitter last couple of weeks right so uh as is tradition with uh government entities right they will introduce a bill and then they'll slip some shit in there that has absolutely nothing to do with that bill as a way of getting it passed uh you know kind of slipping it in and so there was this huge infrastructure bill that biden was pushing through you know congress and within that were some new cryptocurrency regulations and one of them had to do with uh KYC requirements for anyone they defined as a broker. But unfortunately, the language that they did define as a broker would have made all of us brokers, right? Like anyone that's basically sending an NFT anywhere, uh, anyone that's, yeah, I know it looks like AVAX. I know. I'm sorry. I should have thought about that shit before the show. Uh, but, but basically anyone that's doing anything on DeFi, right? So uh, the good news is there was a bill introduced to correct this language. Um, now, if if the bill does not pass, which is just a correction, I would imagine it's probably going to. Uh, but if it doesn't, none of this is actually going to take place until 2024. And knock on wood, we'll get somebody in there that'll squash that shit before them. But uh, did you guys hear about this? You have any any thoughts? I see you nodding your head. 
I mean, I think you just sort of summed it up. It's this, it's the usual, like sticking things in to other things. And then people who know more about it are like, this doesn't make any sense. And then some other people file some other stuff and other people stick things unrelated into that. And it's politics. It is politics. And Gemini, Gemini one, I've been, oh man, I have just been like, hitting my wife so hard about, oh man, I shouldn't even, shouldn't use that terminology. That was terrible. Uh, about moving to Portugal, man. Uh, uh, my buddy Bush doctor was telling me about Portugal for a while. And then we got Sheehan over there and he's like, dude, we're going to get this huge phantom compound and, you know, no crypto tax. So anyhow, that's probably going to be my next vacation is, uh, is Portugal with my wife. And thank you, purple BTW. Don't you dare <laughs> Portugal with my wife, man, and see, and see if I can kind of get her on that train, but we have three kids, you know, so there's a lot of considerations when it comes to moving internationally, but anyhow, all right, let's keep this, uh, let's keep this going. So there's a couple of new faucets and I wanted to bring this up. This is important, right? So we've got, if you bridge on spirit swap, uh, there you will, <laughs> I'm getting trolled hard. Uh, there you will get, uh, I think it's like 0.4 phantom or something like that. If you, uh, do had, not have any phantom in there and didn't have any phantom in there to begin with, right? And then Menta Suave, Menta Suave, I don't know how to say the name. He's a good dude though. I was DMing with him this morning. He created a really, really cool uh, faucet application that uh, is being used by Spooky. And it's essentially kind of like community funded, even though Spooky is one of the sponsors, he has taken sponsorships. And if you recently bridged using the AnySwap bridge and you do not have uh, any phantom in your wallet, you can get, I think, 0.2 FTM. So these these have been some major issues that that have been coming up lately. Uh, if anyone out there wants to like like assist in this effort, uh, it would be a very noble thing to do because we do have a lot of people coming into the ecosystem that need gas. Reach out to, uh, I think his name is at Mentasuave01 on Twitter. I think also on Discord. Hit him up. He's a good dude. Actually, maybe a girl. I'm, I'm making a lot of egregious assumptions about people's sexuality today, but it might be a, it might be a, might be a chick. All right. Anyhow, so, <laughs> you, dude, there's so many clips you guys could pull off of this show, man. <laughs> Just be gifts galore. So uh, there are absolutely there's very very little phantom in the AnySwap wallets uh, right now. And this has caused a lot of issues for people that are bridging. Like I'm getting three, four DMs a day from people going, did I get ripped off by any swap? No, you didn't. But as, as would make sense, right? You're trying to bridge the native token. That totally makes sense to me. I get why you want to do that. And uh, unfortunately, that is a finite asset that is, uh, you know, a lot of it's locked up in staking, a lot of it is locked up in DeFi, and there's only so much opera-based phantom to go around. And uh, when a when a crap load of people are coming onto the network, that means uh, a lot of that is going into the network, and there's not going to be a lot to to fulfill your your bridge. So, what do we do? Uh, USDC, uh, Dai, WEF. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, the way that this works is it's minted on the Phantom side, and the asset on the Ethereum side is held. Right, essentially. Like this is what gives a value on that side. And then when you go in the opposite direction, it burns and then it releases the asset back to you. So you'll never have any issues with USDC, DAI, WETH. What am I missing, boys? I think I, USDT was the fastest because I, I, I've been bridging around here and there. And I, I think one of the mods in the support chat of the Spooky Swap Discord was saying USDT is the fastest. But like right now, it's the bridges are getting overwhelmed. A lot of people are... Uh, the rotators, you know, the meme, they're going here and there. And <laughs> so I'm rotating. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I think I had to wait 24 hours, I think for one of the, my bridge, but I was bridging phantom. Um, so it just kind of just wait on it or do stables like Austin said, but don't it's, like overload the chat. Like, Hey, it's been an hour. It's probably going to take a little longer than that, but and it's, it's cheaper to bridge stables also. Yeah, that's right. They're free, except for the gas on the Ethereum side, which, you know, could cost you a kidney. But all right, let's keep this going, boys. Did you guys see so spooky? I only saw this because Spooky tweeted about it this morning. Blank Wallet. Have you guys heard about Blank Wallet? Yo, this mm -hmm. is dope. Uh, I'm sure some people that are watching 
saw this and I like, I saw the tweet and I went into it and I looked at the GIF and I kind of like went down a rabbit hole. So essentially this is a fully private, or so they say, uh, DeFi wallet that operates like MetaMask, but is integrated with, uh, well, I know on ETH it's integrated with Tornado Cash, um, but they essentially privatize all of your transactions. And I think it even kicks a new address to you every single time you do a transaction. I'm not exactly sure how it works, but I know that they're they're integrating Phantom as one of their, you guys need to check this out, Blank Wallet, it's called. I actually have, and I, I've seen their, I was just looking at their site right now. I actually have seen this and I, I have, I think it's working by, it's sort of like a mixer where everything's yeah. going through their contract. So you can't, it's the way they do it. You can't tell who, where it's coming from, who's initiating what, uh, which is kind of a non-technical way of describing it. But um, yeah, it is, it's pretty cool. It's like sort of, it is, it, it's like tornado shade cash kind of uh, just built in though. Yeah. Derivative. So, but like, all right. So if, if, does this mean that you're going to have a bajillion different wallets or your one wallet is going to transact, but then it's just going to get all yeah. messed around. Yeah. The ladder, the ladder, the ladder. Okay. And do you still have your, I mean, your private keys are still your private keys that control your wallet. It's more providing uh, an abstraction interface to interact with things so that it's not clear where, what the path is. Damn. So no KYC, I think on it, I think like if you're funding the wallet, it's like, you don't even know where the money comes from because it's getting mixed everywhere. You're trading, everything is just all built in. I think this is how it should be by default. I think, uh, if they can really make that jump, especially by supporting Phantom early, uh, might be a good buy of their token or use their wallet, I guess. And I, I will throw out there that even I, this isn't meant to be FUD at all, but I still wouldn't <laughs> recommend just totally relying on this to do whatever crazy, super illegal thing you think you're going to get away with. <laughs> probably don't do that. <laughs> so my question is on the non-illegal side, right? Because you know, for those of us that are going to pay taxes and do pay taxes, we pay taxes. Um, you know, obviously we got to track all these transactions. I got like 17,000 transactions I have to classify. Uh, luckily I've got some time to do it, but like, so I'm, I'm assuming on this blank wallet, you know, if, if 10 boo leave and 10 phantom or 10 boo worth of phantom shows back up, it's all going to be in the same wallet, right? It's just kind of yeah. what route it takes to happen. Am I correct in the assumption of that? I, I would have to look into it a little more, but my guess is that there's just one giant pool that you're allowed to pull in and out of, and that's how it's abstracted because it's not 10 in, 10 out, because that's really easy to track. It's like 10 into a giant pool and then like, or probably like 10 div divided up into lots of random amounts in and then 10 divided up in lots of amounts out mixed in with lots of other people doing that. Which is why I was saying it's just for some of this. I don't, I don't know enough to like actually say. But you know, with blockchain being uh, deterministic in a lot of ways, like I don't know for sure that it, without you, you could, it's possible that someone could put a ton of effort in and like kind of figure some of the stuff out. But it's it starts getting unrealistic, I think, to do some of that stuff. And and it also they again they could be using some fancy math to to you know further hide things and obfuscate things to ensure privacy but that's what i was saying it is i wouldn't necessarily just assume that it's 100 percent private but it, it is i mean it, it seems pretty legit and there's i was looking into it a couple months ago and it seemed really interesting i started playing around with it then ran out of time <laughs> but i uh, kind of want to dive back into it because i thought it was it was an interesting protocol yeah that's exciting ollie what is ccc let us hear your opinion on ccc do you guys know what triple c is i don't know what it is I was going to well, make something up, but I don't I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you want to let us know what that is, maybe we'll talk about it. Never Cri heard of it. I don't know. Crypto. How many C's does Crypto.com have? Two? Crypto.com credit card? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you make, you, you're making shit up now. All right. So, <laughs> uh, so Tomb goes multi-chain. Man, I was watching Crypto Banter this morning. Harry was on there. And, and I'll tell you, Tomb is getting a lot of love from a lot of people and assuming it stays at one or more phantom it's going to be a great journey uh so they're going multi-chain 
apparently, which I think will be really, really cool for Phantom because anyone that's participating with the tomb token is have to gonna they're gonna have to price it in Phantom, right? Because that's that's what it's pegged to. So do, have you guys heard about this? Uh AVAX. I think you had mentioned something about this twenty four, didn't you? Yeah, no, um I believe uh there was is it going multi-chain or I read news about the the my finance using it as collateral. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but tomb in general, I, I I did see those news. I guess about multi-chain. I'm not too sure about it, but tomb in general, I feel like it's been one of the best plays on Phantom. It's currently sitting at 1.15, uh, whatever tomb to Phantom, whatever the ratio is. Uh, like literally, there's a six million buy during the episode. Um, it's pretty comfy as long as it stays afloat and I honestly don't think Harry would let it go down like the way it did before. Like, I hate this. This is funny to say, but it's literally <laughs> collateralized by Harry. Like, he's protecting his uh, his baby here, and he's doing all the right things. He's adding real utility uh, for the tomb token. Like, you can use this collateral on on my finance. And there's, I don't know, they're just killing it. And if they go multi-chain, like you said, it'll be priced against Phantom. You can use tomb basically as the liquidity. Um, so it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Tomb, you know, he is setting up the the centralized exchange. No, I don't have any more information than you do on when that's going to come about. But I do know that uh, part of that is he's going to be using Tomb-priced pairs. It'll be Phantom pairs and Tomb pairs, as far as I know. So I think he's doing... If anyone can pull it off, Harry can pull it off. So let's see what Mm -hmm. happens. All right. Moving on. This is an important topic that we really need to get into. Uh, and I especially want to turn this over to Double Sharp. So what are the limitations of the EVM? Now, I, I did a one of my very first AMAs. It was actually a Discord AMA with Mike Chen and Simone. Before I, you know, we had literally, we were like a month old, right? And Simone likened it to uh, putting uh, Volkswagen tires on an F1 uh, mm-hmm. race car, right? Or something like that. Could you Can you dive into this for me a little bit, Double Sharp? Yes. So, and this is sort of, you know, when people are talking about gas fees, this is usually what they're actually talking about. Um, so when you hear, and this isn't, you know, about Phantom, but also a little generic right now, you'll hear about, you know, X number of transactions per second that the network can handle and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Largely what you're talking about there are value transactions. So if you send Phantom between, you know, two wallets, you can you can get those types of transactions per second given the right network conditions and you know all of those things. Where that doesn't work is when you're talking about EVM transactions, smart trend or smart contract calls. Um, because the EVM is serialized, it's your it's this one state that has to be synchronized between all the different nodes to make sure that you're not uh, double spending and all that sort of stuff. And then it's also I mean, it's not that old, but it's old at this point. So it's not necessarily the most optimized and most efficient way of doing it, but it does work very well for for what it does, which is why lots of chains have adopted it, including Phantom. Um, So the the throughput limit on the EVM is, you know, 25-ish transactions per second, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, uh, kind of depending on things. So Phantom does have a lot going for it with the really you know, quick confirmations and short finality time. And you can pack, you know, as many of those transactions into a block as you can. If you look at FTM scan, some, you'll see sometimes you're around 20, 30 transactions per second when gas fees are high. There's a lot of activity on the network. And every once in a while, you'll see 50, 55, 60. And that's because people are mixing in FTM transactions into the whole, whole mix. So, the long-term solution for this is something like the FBM. Um, there's people working on alternative solutions on other chains, uh, but but really what you're trying to do is if you can improve the throughput of the EVM, have the same functionality, but have it go faster, then you're able to leverage the speed of the network to do smart contract calls. So I don't have any uh, you know secret information about it, but I've seen some of Andre's tweets and I've seen some stuff from other people about you know looking at data access. And I think Andre said something about a 300% performance increase from data access. Well, if you're able to pull state and update the state and do all of that 300 times, three, you know, 300% uh, percent faster, then that applies to the total throughput of the, the network. Smart contracts are going to be that much faster. If you can 
implement some of the optimistic um, transactions that I've seen some of the white papers that Quan and other, other people on the team have been a part of, you start factoring that in, you're making, maybe some of these aren't necessarily uh, revolutionary changes, maybe some of them are, are incremental, but when you add them all up, 300%, 500%, 1000%, that's huge in, in uh, software. Like you're, if people are often like optimizing to get 10, 20% more. And so if you're looking at 300%, 500%, whatever, that's going to directly apply to how fast the network can go, how this applies to gas fees. All, all networks are based on like you pay more to have your transaction go first because the validators or miners prefer that because they're going to get paid more to execute that transaction. And so when the network reaches capacity, I don't want to have to wait. So I'm going to pay more and then someone else is willing to pay more and more and more and more and gas fees go up. If the network can handle more, I have no incentive to pay more because it's just going to go through faster. I don't need to give the validators more fees to do it because they're just going to keep cranking through them as fast as they can. This also comes back to network efficiency because they are able to process more transactions uh, with, without having to burn a ton of energy. So it's not, it's not a problem for them. If the network can handle it, they can do it. People don't have to pay higher gas fees. So I think the underlying technology for Phantom, you know, like Simone was saying, it's like the F1 car. You do, you're right now limited by some of the, the throughput on the EVM. Once you have things like the FVM, um, and other, you know, other things to help optimize that throughput, you're going to see performance go up and fees go down. That's it. I love Honestly, it. perfect. Perfect. <laughs> it's just some key points like, Understand the transact like these some of these L1s, the transaction per second that they're toting, um, including Phantom, is not possible with EVM like uh, con uh, transactions, right? So you have to understand that until there's it's properly optimized and we can really use the full extent of the Phantom speed, you're going to be hitting that what what is it 25, 27 TPS okay. per second, and then everyone starts to pay more. That's what recently we saw with AVAX and the rush of users, and and that's why I'm so bullish on Phantom because you're getting the timeline from Simone late 2022 or 23. You don't want to rush devs, but it's good to know that they're really thinking about this and they're pushing on this because that's what's really going to – because what people care about is the speed when – there's a lot of users on and and the perceived speed of a network it all ties into the evm rpcs and a bunch of things that all kind of work together so you wow this is so fast my transaction went through that is not just one thing it can be limited by many little things that's why we've we've had some issues other networks have had some issues but uh the future is golden so i'm, I'm very happy to hear this from double yeah and i think i actually you just remind me of a few other things i mean there are even outside of what the foundation is working on. I know that a lot of the other teams on Phantom are doing, uh, working on optimizations right now. Spirit just had um, a big update to their site. Even though that's not strictly related to EVM transactions, a lot of them are just reads. Um, it, it's still, you know, by everyone working together and sharing information, all of the, like all, all the projects can start implementing stuff that will optimize their site to work better with the network, which is going to re reduce the load on the RPC servers to free up resources to process more users needing to pull data. And then once you start factoring in uh, things like the FVM to, to let you change the state that people are reading from, then you really are able to, to leverage the speed of the network. It will be cheaper. It will be faster. All of these things do take time, but... Um, that's, I mean, that's why I'm optimistic about Phantom too, is because I, I see some of the underlying technology and where it's going. So if we were to like, you know, all right, take a guess, right? What does life look like with the FEM? I mean, what is transacting on the, if you just had to take a, you know, we're spitballing here, obviously, hopefully nobody holds you to it, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, is it the sort of thing where all transactions are going through, you know, gas doesn't need to be auctioned because there's not a clogged highway and. And we're yeah. just cranking along. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, imagine imagine if it was just one user on Phantom and not hitting any sort of throughput requirements. You're going to be, I mean, everyone remembers when gas was super cheap on Phantom and it's because you yeah. weren't running into those those limits. So everyone can pay 50 guay because it's just like there's, there's no reason not to. Like there's plenty of capacity on the network. 
number of users went up, the, you start bumping into some of those limits. And it's not all the time. And, and this is what's, what is good about the, um, the short block times is you can, you're not getting into this one, you can get into the next block. It is a little bit more efficient to break it up that way. But once you start you know, having a ton of users, making a ton of transactions, you do start having to auction gas. So what you'll see when you, you don't hit those limits is that you're not doing that. Gas is going to be you know, cheap because you're not competing. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And what's great about Phantom, even right now at the worst, even if everything gets clogged and Phantom goes to a crazy price, you might be at, on, on the most, like, you know, the Geist transactions, like maybe 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6 Phantom. I think some people have gotten to one Phantom. And at that point, let's say Phantom $7, $8, it won't be as bad as other networks, but we still have time till FBM. So. Mm-hmm. And that's the yeah. worst, worst, worst case scenario. Yeah. Worst case is still not that bad in the big scheme yeah. of things. And it's, there's, it's the other sort of thing that is optimistic is sometimes you're just like, I don't know, we've made, we have our Formula One car. It's as fast as it can go. We can just kind of poke around and see how we can make it faster. But like, it's pretty optimized. And with something like the EVM, you can clearly point at it and say like, this is the roadblock right now. This is the bottleneck this is what you focus on. And then once you, you solve that problem, uh, you don't have that bottleneck anymore. And so it is, it's, it's sometimes nice to know exactly what problem you're solving for, because then you can focus your attention on it. Boom. All right, let's keep it moving. So I had to put this in there because I am just mind blown with the volume that spooky swap is doing lately. Right. I mean, these guys, I, I want to have a discussion about what they're doing right. Because, I mean, I know I, I know from my perspective what they're doing right. I mean, they have a super optimized site. It runs, you know, smooth as silk. Uh, people are just, you know, they're they're instantly going to Spooky Swap as the, the decks of choice. But, like, these guys are just cranking along. And then, you know, the next topic is going to be, well, I want to hear about what you did on the Spirit Swap site. But, but I just wanted to give Spooky a shout out here because that whole team is just, kicking ass i mean in y'all's opinion what are they doing that's so different from other dexes on phantom i think the the one of the big things they did is they set up a bridge so they have people bridging into their into their eco like project effectively and like i'm sure that those users are going out and doing other things but you're already on their site so users like this is sort of like web development 101 like reduced number of clicks to get people to do the thing that you want them to do. And if so if you bridge straight into spooky, you're already there. So is it the sort of thing where you think that, that the amount of time they've had the bridge on is what like really gave them that edge? I think it, I mean, I, I think that that helped them gain market share and that that, and they're probably not losing market share. They're just continuing or market share might not be the right word like users. So people are coming in, they just have more and more users. So you're going to see more and more volume. Um, I think, and that's why I think it's, it's, uh, it's different projects are focusing on different things at different times. And like now spirit is, has their bridge set up. I'm sure some of the other ones are going to do the same sort of thing. Um, but I think that's, I haven't, I don't know like any crazy details about spooky that would explain some of this, but I think that is one of the the big, big things. And then, like you were saying, I mean, it's a site that's really smooth and easy to use and intuitive goes a long way, like users value user experience. And so if you can provide that, then you'll, you'll see adoption. Okay. Now I do know that you were kind of like on the back end, helping the spirit guys with uh, getting things fixed up. And I got to say their site is a hell of a lot faster. Now I had been, you know, I had been a daily user of spirit swap since they launched. And so I don't know, I never really made the comparison that it was kind of like a slow site. I knew that the tokens loaded a little bit slower and things like that, but it had just never really occurred to me. But I, what I come, came to find out after a discussion with Nick, Phantom DJN, is that uh, the general opinion around the, the ecosystem was that the Spirit site was a little bit difficult to use and that things were slow. And I know that you helped them get that corrected double sharp. What happened? Well, I don't want to take any credit because I was just sort of chatting with, with some of them. I wasn't doing any of the actual work, but um, one of the things that I, like I actually did recently on some of the sites that I have is implement some multi-call contracts that I found that seem to work really well. Um, basically, instead of having to say like, I want 
this token price and this token price and then this one and then this one and then this one. You're like, give me these five token prices. And then the RPC server can send it all back in one request. So instead of five requests, it's one. Um, that, you know, generally when you're looking at any sort of web development, not having to make lots of requests is going to be a lot faster. Um, and then I know that they've been doing work just to reduce outside of that, like seeing how frequently do you need to request something? What's the timing of it? Should this stop the UI from loading before you fetch it or can it be done asynchronously? How with a lot of modern web frameworks, the UI can be tied into API or RPC calls so that if you move something, it'll automatically you know, request a data update. So they've been looking at optimizing some of that. Again, like I don't have a lot of like, detailed information about what they did specifically, but I did talk to um, some people just because I was curious about what happened to the number of RPC calls coming from the site and it it's or many orders of magnitude less. So it just, it's, it's going to be faster. And then I think they have a, uh, a lot more cool optimization stuff that they're working on. So it should just keep getting better. Boom. I love it. So oh, I, team. You know, I, I was kind of looking at their their volume charts this morning and, you know, I'm a huge Spirit Swap fan. I'm a huge Spooky Swap fan. Both of those teams will always have my full support. So I really want to see I really want to see the Spirit guys start to, you know, hit that critical mass where the floodgates explode. And I know it's going to happen one of these days here pretty soon. So, all right, we have we've gotten through the topics, but, you know, so Thanksgiving, that's the reason that we're having the the uh, show today. It's Thanksgiving in the States, 24. You're not in the States. Y'all do Thanksgiving in October or something, I think, right? No, we already had it. Y'all already had it. <laughs> already ate all, the, get all the holidays in first. Canada Day, right before 4th of July. I think I'll plan it. I'm still salty. We don't get a boxing day down here. I was thinking we might we might implement such a thing. But, but you know what I wanted to say to the community? All right, we started off the show with me going on a heinous rant because I just I had to get it out. I don't want to walk around with you know that shit inside of me. But I want to end the show with just an extreme. Uh, not sense of gratitude. I want to let you guys know how grateful I am. I mean, I know that Double Sharp and 24, like all three of us and Bebus included, we all spend our days in uh, the efforts of advancing the Phantom ecosystem, right? And, you know, a lot of this is unpaid stuff. It's all unpaid for FDM alerts. And um, it's the sort of thing where I've never had more fun in my life. I've never gotten the opportunity to interact with more cool people in my life. I've never woken up in the morning at any point in my life so excited to start my day, right? And that is as a result of this community. It's as a result of the Phantom Foundation. And I am just really, really grateful for the life that I get to live. I'm grateful for the you guys that are in it. And for everyone watching this live stream today, man, I'm just grateful that you guys are participating in this whole thing. So if you know, when, when price goes weird and I know it's going to go weird and, you know, we all have those emotions in us when that, when that stuff happens, just, just hang on, uh, where we're going to be a year from now or even six months from now is going to look completely different, uh, than where we're at today. And I just wanted to thank you guys all from the bottom of my heart for letting me, let me be a part of this. Cause it's a huge deal for me. And, uh, yeah, that's I, it. I think uh, I, I've talked a lot about technology stuff, but the main reason I have been working on Phantom is the community is supportive and I get to interact with lots of teams and talk to people about, you know, how I, I bring a little bit different perspective on some things given what I've worked on in the past. And so it's really, I really enjoyed getting to, you know, participate in a lot of this stuff. And overall, it's a, you know, everyone's pretty positive and, nice and fun. I like chatting with people. Someday I'll get to hang out in, in real life. <laughs> been, me, bro. It's been fun. It's been, I, I've really enjoyed it. So I also am, am grateful for this, this whole ecosystem. Nice. I love it. Well, gents, we have gotten to the end of the show. Uh, we only did an hour show today, and that's probably because Beavis wasn't here dropping the the, uh, the wisdom nuggets on us. But, but man, this was a good one. Thank you all for watching. I appreciate you tuning in. My name is Austin with FTM Alerts. For everyone in the States, I hope you all have a great Thanksgiving, and I will catch you all on the next live stream. Take care, everybody. Bye. Later.